What does it mean to be a manager? What would be some of those expectations? So many times we see people think that their only way to progress their career is to become a manager. And being a manager is just not for everyone. So I think it's important as leaders that we present just multiple options and have programs available for people to progress in their career that doesn't necessarily have to push them into the management track as well. Welcome to Management Development Unlocked, where you will learn how to nurture a world-class management team. And now your host, Eric Gerard. Hello, and welcome to Management Development Unlocked. I am so glad you are here. I have with me this afternoon, Mary Emerton. Mary is an expert in many, many things, and I'll let her explain who she is and, and all of her expertise. But full disclosure, Mary and I worked together in Silicon Valley several years ago, and it is my great pleasure to be with her on the show. So, Mary, welcome. Thank you so much for having me, Eric. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. So tell us who you are and tell us what you do. Let's start with that. Let's 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 get to know you a little bit. Yeah, sure. My name is Mary Emerton. I'm an operations executive with over 25 years of experience in the high-tech industry. I have had the privilege of developing and implementing a variety of programs for companies, but also just kickstarting programs like diversity and inclusion for companies. I graduated from Arizona State with a degree in purchasing and logistics management as well as I've led and managed a variety of small and large teams for a large portion of my career as well. Fantastic. And I don't know if we knew this before, but I also went to ASU. So we have that in common. Go Sun Devils. I will not ask you when you graduated. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Okay. So, you know, as we discussed, I've got several questions that I'd like to ask you. And you can go anywhere you like with your answers. This is free form. The whole idea is to kind of showcase, showcase you and showcase your experience and what you bring to management development, and as well as the opportunity for us to just have a conversation. So if you want to add something, if you want to jump in and say, hey, and by the way, and, and, and take a rabbit trail, we can do that. Sounds great. So my first question is, Mary, what is your philosophy of management development? Since this is a management development show, I always like to start with that. So what's your philosophy of it? Yeah, for sure. So let me first say that I believe this is one of the most underinvested areas in most companies. So I'm super grateful that you're even leading this discussion. My philosophy of management development is quite simple. It's a must, right? We have to do it. As leaders, we spend so much time just like developing visions and strategies, as well as understanding our challenges, etc. But we sometimes lose sight of one of the most important things that's in front of us, and that's our managers. For me, supporting our managers isn't just about standing up for them in difficult situations, but it's about how we're developing them in a way in which they can become effective leaders themselves. So I truly believe that the more we invest in those skills, the more we're going to get out of our vision, our goals, and our mission as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. And that's why I went into this this line of work, this specific line of work of helping new managers transition from being great individual contributors to great people managers, because I feel like so often folks get promoted. It's like, hey, you're a great logistics manager. You're a great logistics specialist. Let's promote you. And now you're a logistics manager. It's like, great. Mm-hmm. But, <laughs> but. <laughs> exactly. That is probably one of the toughest transitions you can make, right? From being a total rock stars and I see to the next day having to become a manager. It's mm-hmm. tough. Yeah, it is for sure. Thank you. Well, let me move to the next question, which is why do you value management development? And this might kind of be a carry on from the previous question. 
Yeah, for sure. So to understand how I value management development, let me first explain my management style. So how I typically work is this. I set the understanding, set out to understand what's happening in the organization. I do that by obviously talking to people in the organization, getting feedback from customers, looking at metrics, as well as talking to cross-functional pairs. But with that information, I can work with the team to develop vision, strategy, goals, OKRs, et cetera. My expectation is that managers are then able to pick up those OKRs, goals, and drive them within their teams. So the idea is that we're all moving together as a broader organization for our goals. Therefore, it's in our best interest as an organization to make sure our managers are properly trained and developed so they can move those goals effectively, efficiently within their team, as well as cross-functionally with their peers. And without having that developed management team, this approach just completely crumbles. So it is in our interest to ensure everyone is properly developed so they can make a difference. Yeah, absolutely. And I've been part of teams that didn't have goals and it was a disaster. It was a complete mess. And HR had to get involved and basically walk us through goals 101 because the manager hadn't done it. And that really helped. Yeah. Yeah. It helped so much. Just, okay, I'm responsible for this. You're responsible for that. Who does what, how much, and and by when? Super helpful. Super helpful. I agree. Well, what have you seen management development do in the companies you've worked in? So you've been around a while. I imagine you've got some stories. Maybe can you tell us about what it's done for the companies you've worked in? Yeah, so it can really be a game changer. So how I kind of approach management development is in a couple different ways. So you approach it from two angles. The first angle is really that one-on-one coaching and and just really, depending on the person, that could be your direct manager, that can be an outside coach, it can be even just a cross-functional peer, but just some sort of one-on-one coaching to help people understand and bounce ideas off of that isn't always direct manager involved. But the second angle is going to be more around group classes, kind of like how do you work together as a team and learn together? This can be through your HR, external courses, etc. You can also bring people in and as a management team, you all work together and, and go through a class. But my goal more than anything when working with managers is to really try to give them multiple perspectives towards that development because those multiple perspectives are going to be different ways that people can gravitate towards a topic and really hook into something that resonates. So that's really the approach I've taken. I've done this effectively with a couple different, either new managers or managers that have been around for a while. Sometimes it's really nice to have those refresher courses. And as our world develops today, coaching is never a bad thing for anyone involved, no matter where you're at in your career as well. Yeah, wonderful. If I remember right, you ran DISC for your management team at Nutanix. Is that right? Yes, very much so. So we did it as a management team, but also we did it as a broader organization as well. It really helps people connect with their peers as well and understand how to work better effectively within uh, their organization. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love DISC. And I, I remember being a fly on the wall in that room and just loving it. So that was good stuff. It's a great way to come together as a group as well to do those type of group classes. But then you can also take away something with that and go talk to individual coaches or individual one-on-ones and help your development as well. And Mm -hmm. so it was really effective for everyone involved. Yep. Yep. Great. Yeah, I'm glad you did that. Well, how do you approach management development? So in in, thinking back over your career, how have you approached it 
in a way that moved the company's goals forward as well as develop those individuals? So I'd probably go back to what I was talking about. It's more of that one-on-one coaching versus kind of involving in group classes as well. Um, but it's really tailoring the topic to that specific manager as well. There can be some basic one-on-one training, of course, that everyone is taking and some basic things that need to occur. But it's really about how do you specialize and how do you tailor each of those topics and training for that individual need. And in order to do that, you as a leader really have to be in tune with where they're at in their development. What are the challenges they're facing? What are some of the successes that they're facing that you want them to continue on as well? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I love how you said that it's important to sort of tune in to each individual because that's that's so important when it comes to to developing employees as well as managers. It's everybody's different. And if you subscribe to the situational leadership theory or the SL2 theory, each person is different on every task and is at different places. And so you've got to adjust and adapt by the hour and maybe by the minute with each person. Absolutely. 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 Well, where do you think the management development space needs to go to evolve and help companies achieve more? So where I think the space really needs to develop is more around absorbing feedback and taking actions. So often I see companies ask for employee feedback, but many times a company just frankly isn't ready for that feedback because they take little or no action to acknowledge or even address it. So no matter the tool that's used, it's about creating space and holding accountability for the leadership team to develop those specific actions that would not only help the organization, but it also helps your managers in their development. Now, I trust me, Eric, you and I both know that this process can be very stressful at times, but really it ultimately helps managers to identify areas in which they need to develop and adjust their approach. Feedback is a gift. Taking that gift and turning it into a positive development, it can really be quite powerful for everyone involved and help take the company to the next level. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I totally agree. Totally agree. Well, what are some of the management development issues you'd love to be solved? Yeah, so I'd like to see a couple issues resolved. You know I don't have just one answer. I have a couple. So the first one is, we've already talked about, is that transition from the IC to manager. So Mm -hmm. being a first-time manager is rough. There's just no other word for it. It's rough, right? You're just complete rock star in the individual contributor world. And so you're being promoted. And that next day, you're magically supposed to manage a team. So it's to me, I would love to see more development for those new managers, like in a series of classes, mm. call it a manager one-on-one series of classes, but also coaching and specifically not your direct manager. So mm. having some outside influence. But in addition to that, I would really love to see some pre-manager workshops available to people. So for example, what does it mean to be a manager? What would be some of those expectations? So many times I see people think that their only way to progress their career is to become a manager. And being a manager is just not for everyone. So I think it's important as leaders that we present just multiple options and have programs available for people to progress in their career that doesn't necessarily have to push them into the management track as well. Yeah, I think that's key. And it reminds me a little bit of a corollary in education, how not everybody is cut out for college. And in in this environment, the idea is you're supposed to go to college or else you don't get a good job. 
And I think we've forgotten about the value of trade school Agreed. and, you know, helping folks become excellent, proud tradespeople yeah. without a college degree, because you can still do really well. And there's still a need for electricians and plumbers and the trades that, that maybe don't require a college degree, but require some formal training. But and we need that off-ramp for folks. And so I think it, it works the same whether you're in informal academia or whether you're in, in a corporation. You know, I've got a decision to make. Do I, do I take this left fork or this right fork? Either one is good and excellent. You just need to pick the one that's right for you. And so then have, some th- have done some thinking about which way should I go. Agreed. I also think it's important as leaders to be okay with accepting someone to change their mind, right? Mm -hmm. So I had a situation where I promoted this incredible individual contributor and they were promoted to a manager. And about six months into it, after working with them and developing them, they just came back and said, this just isn't for me. And they said, I can leave. It's okay. I'll just end up leaving the company. And immediately, absolutely not, right? I jumped on that and said, absolutely not. You're an amazing individual contributor. And let's have you jump back into that trap. But there is still progress there. And we went through that. So I think it's okay. And what I did with that person is I first thanked them for having the conversation and having the courage to say that. And as leaders, I think we need to be able to impress upon people, it's okay. You don't have to be stuck in that track and you don't have to go down that road to be successful here. That is that is a marvelous message. I'm I'm glad that you brought that up. Thank you, Mary. Perfection is not required either. You know, it isn't. It, regardless of the track, yep. whether you decide to become manager or whether you decide to stay IC, you don't have to be perfect. And so you can kind of take that off your shoulders as well. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's a journey. It is. Absolutely. One I've been on for 30 years. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think we ever end our journey, Eric. <laughs> no. Well, I'd like to transition now and talk a little bit about you personally. All right. We've we've talked a little bit about that. So I've got four questions about Mary. And the first one is, if you could be in my spot and you could interview anyone, who would it be and why? All right. So I'm going to pick someone who's a little kooky here. I'm going to go with Catherine the Great back in the 1700s. <laughs> so how come? She she was a trailblazer in her day. She was crazy trailblazer. First of all, she actually wasn't Russian. Uh, she was from Poland. She married into the throne. And when she came into it, she actually had a rebellion. She went, had a rebellion against her husband and he advocated. And so that's how she was crowned empress. So a bit of a crazy start. But she made a point actually not to marry again because she wanted to continue her rule and not default to anyone else. What I loved about her story is how she just defied the norms and took the country in a whole new direction, regardless of the pushback that she had. She led the way to have the arts expand into Russia. From a military perspective, she expanded the Russian territory, but she also helped people, especially the serfs, which was really unheard of at the time. I found out she was actually the first ruler in Russia to initiate the concept of orphanages. In the 1700s, that's revolutionary. That's crazy to think of, right? So when I think of trailblazing, I think of going down that road and pushing back to the norm and trying new things. And so that is someone I really would just have loved to have a conversation with. I never really gave much thought to Catherine the Great. And I may have to go do some reading. Yeah. Oh, yes. She's incredible. She was incredible. That's cool. You know, what's going to be interesting is to see 
how well other folks' answers to that question hold up to Catherine the Great. Ah, uh, she's a goodie. It's a good one. Yeah, she's a good one. <laughs> okay, well, here's a lighter one. Favorite vacation spot and why? You know, I, I wouldn't necessarily say it's a place. It would be really anywhere with my family. So anywhere mm-hmm. my family's at, be it hot, be it cold, it doesn't really matter to me. I mean, we could just go to a football game. It's just as long as we're together and just hanging out and having a good time, that's really what I gravitate towards. Yeah, I completely agree. I love hanging out with my family. We don't need to take lavish vacations and we don't need expensive stuff. We just need to be be together. That's great. Where would you most like to travel? So in my career in life, I've traveled internationally quite a bit already. So for me... I would love to just travel around the U.S. That Mm. is something that I just really gravitate towards. And I love road trips, especially like you're doing like it's a travel trailer, an RV type of situation. I think that's kind of fun. It's also crazy because the U.S. is so diverse. It's incredible. And it's just something I love to experience with my family. I've been to most of the U.S. for work and would love to experience it, you know, for fun, like take a month and cruise around. Yeah. Oh, for sure. For sure. Road trips are the best. We love them. I get drowsy driving though. So that's the one thing. It's like, I'd I'd have to have a a coffee IV. That's so funny. My oldest son is like that. Not me. I love it. I find it incredibly just freeing and I can just Mm -hmm. go on for a long time. I love it. Have you spent much time in Europe? I have. I have. So when the kids were younger, we would often, every year, we'd go there for a couple of weeks and we'd go to different countries and stuff. But it was fun. Oh. We had a good time. We've been we've been reading a little bit of European history and, and books set in Europe, and, and all four of us are chomping at the bit to go oh. tour Europe. The history is incredible there. It's incredibly rich. And so mm-hmm. to be able to see those sites in person is amazing. I yeah. would agree. Yeah. All right. Last question. What brings you the most joy in your life? Oh, that's simple. It's my kids. That's mm-hmm. super simple. So it's my two boys. They keep me hopping and I just love every moment of it. My oldest child is currently going to Arizona State in which he is an animation major. Just super creative, easygoing, and just witty as all get out. My youngest son is attending Cal Poly Pomona as an aerospace engineering major. He's just super active and full of energy. He really is just focused on wanting to change the world. And and really, he just challenges everyone around him, which includes me, to just do better, just do better in this world. And so I love that. But they both bring me such pride and joy just on a very regular basis. I think we're a lot alike that way. I have twin 13-year-old daughters, and I am so stinking proud of them. It's it's just so much fun. Yeah, it's great. It is awesome. It's awesome. It only gets better. I, I will look you up as they get older. Please do. Please do. All right. Well, Mary, thank you so much. That was a wonderful experience. Thank you for listening. Please subscribe, comment, share, and connect with me on LinkedIn. And we'll talk to you on the next one. Thank you. Thank you, Eric. Bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of Management Development Unlocked. Want more? Get a ton of insider tips and tools at GerardTrainingSolutions.com. Solutions.com.